my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You are listening to 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer on AM1320 as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is Michael Preston, the venue press officer for Gillette Stadium uh, during the Gold Cup. Uh, we've experienced some technical difficulties at the start of the show, but everything seems to be working now. And um, as I said earlier, the Revs game uh, is taking place Monday this weekend, uh, so we'll be talking about mostly the Gold Cup coming up. Uh, at Foxborough, there'll be a doubleheader on the 12th, as well as a tripleheader on the 16th uh, with the quarterfinals, as well as a Revs versus FC Dallas game. And several Revs players received call-ups. Felix Briant, uh, who was recently released from the Revs, uh, received a call-up for Canada. And then you saw Clint Dempsey, Pat Noonan, Steve Rawson, and Matt Reese called up to the U.S. squad, as well as Avery John to the Trinidad and Tobago national team. Uh, and, and this is a tournament that it's really a preparation for the World Cup at this point, I would think, for a team like the U.S. that uh, basically is, is pretty close to qualifying for the, for the World Cup, uh, where, where there's other teams such as Canada that uh, have been eliminated from qualification, and, and they're lo- more looking to win a tournament like this uh, and, and get something out of like that and gain some respect. Right. I, I, think, I think you're right, Sean. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, what, at the same time as being a warm-up tournament for the U.S., it's also, uh, you know, this is the tournament for the, for the region, for North America, for Central America. Um, Bruce Arena is perhaps looking a little bit differently at the, uh, his team as the way some of the other coaches are. Um, there's got to be places available on his World Cup squad. For a guy like Steve Ralston, for example, I mean, Mr. Utility there, who you would imagine... Uh, is, is hopefully going to win his win his place on the U.S. spot and a couple of good performances in the Gold Cup uh, could could do just that for him. And as you point out as well, Canada, Frank Yellup has a very young team. They can't qualify for the World Cup, uh, and he said very publicly, you know, this is uh, he's, he's brought over he's brought in a lot of young players rather than bring over some of his European stars because he wants to look at the uh, look at the quality of his team in his squad in depth rather than just um, you know what what have we got today? What might we have tomorrow? Um, but I think it's been very competitive. You know, Costa Rica perhaps have a score to settle with the U.S. They've been beaten by them in World Cup qualifying, and you know they, they, they've still got to get get going in World Cup qualifying. And then Cuba, who knows? I mean, the, the Cubans uh, won a game in the last Gold Cup and were the, the happiest team on earth then. So uh, I think it's going to be a good good quality tournament for for many reasons. And then you have another team uh, like Trinidad and Tobago that's in a different situation where, unlike the U.S., they're near the bottom of the standings for World Cup qualifications. I had Avery John on the show a few weeks ago. He still seems to think that uh, Trinidad and Tobago has a good chance of qualifying, and uh, this tournament would be a good chance for them to look at some other players that could possibly help them in their goal to qualify for the World Cup. Right, and I think Leo Beanhack, the, the, the head coach there, you know, he's... 
he, he's been there and he's done it and I think the one thing you know about soccer is you never write a team off you know I mean look at the revolution a few years ago from worst to first and they ended up in the, in the MLS Cup final so someone like Trinidad and Tobago if they if they get a, a good Gold Cup tournament under their under their feet and then go back into World Cup qualifying you know, they, they could put a run together and surprise people and, and, and steal that final spot from, from this region or go into a playoff spot from this region so uh, yeah ex- there's, there's a lot to play for for a lot of those teams and then you've got countries like South Africa who are, who are coming over here with what looks like a very experimental squad and they're building not only for this World Cup coming up in, in Germany but also for the, the one after that they host themselves in South Africa so there's a lot of teams that, that are looking not just to, to win this tournament but also to the future and, and with the U.S. squad, you see a, a lot of people that you expect to be on the World Cup roster not on it, such as uh, Brian McBride, uh, guys like Carlos Bocanegra. It seems they left off a lot of the players who are currently playing over in England. Um, and is this a, is this a situation where they want to experiment as well? I, I know they want, they would like to win the tournament, but is this something where it's more about finding some key players that could take part in the World Cup squad that are kind of out of the picture at this point? I think it is. I think there's a number of reasons for that. One, I mean, I, I, as you probably tell with the accent, I come from that part of the world myself, where in England they play game after game after game, and those guys need a rest. And the, those two, you know, Bocanegra and McBride, will be over here anyway with Fulham for the uh, the All Star game. But I think on one hand it's, it's worth Bruce Arena resting, uh, re- yeah, resting the uh, European based players. On the other hand, he really is opening the door to players like Pat Newton, for example. You know, people may look at the, the list of strikers and say, well, you know, he'll take Eddie Johnson, he'll take Brian McBride, maybe Brian Ching. But why not Pat Noonan? I mean, this this could be the door that, that really opens for uh, for a player like that. But if we, when we get back to, do they want to win the tournament? Of course they do. I think once you get a competitive soccer player on a field and anyone who's a professional is super competitive they don't go there and settle for second best they don't settle for a tie they just want to win win the game and of course if you win the Gold Cup tournament it opens the door to the Confederations Cup which we've just seen played in, in Germany these past few weeks so uh, there's, there's all to play for and, and it's, it's, you know, it's a great tournament to win and, and if you look at the US roster you see uh, some of the res guys like Pat Nguyen uh, with the other forwards up there, you see Connor Casey, Santino Carenta, and Josh Wolf, and in a squad like that, uh, it seems like Pat Noonan really has a chance to get some starts in in that in that tournament. Whereas normally you'd see him fall behind some of the guys like Brian McBride and and guys like that, and he normally wouldn't get as much playing time. So this is really a great opportunity for guys like him, as well as guys like Clint Dempsey and and, and Matt Reese possibly even to get a start for the US absolutely I mean going back a few years again to the England team I, I remember watching a young player called David Platt being given a chance in an England team in a couple of friendlies and everyone said oh he's, he's doing very well for Aston Villa but he's not England calibre next thing you know he was playing in the World Cup and he was scoring the winning goal against Belgium that, that, that put England through to the next round so I, I think if a player plays well in this tournament particularly uh, a Ralston particularly um, a Pat Noonan the, the door's definitely going to open for them personally I think Clint Dempsey's a lock I mean you know he's the, the rookie of the year he could be the MVP this year the way he's playing I, I don't think there's any question over him but then Matt Reese is, is perhaps the most interesting of all I mean you'd, you'd say Casey Keller will be there because he's he's the number one for the US Brad Friedel's out, Friedel's out the picture now Tim Howard isn't actually playing first team football so can you, can you take a player that's not playing uh, week in week out so then who else do you have you know this, this could be Matt Reese's big opportunity and whether he plays in Seattle whether he, whether he plays here and if he keeps playing well for the revolutions he has, has this year he could just play him, himself into contention for the, for the World Cup which would be a fantastic thing we've seen this year he really deserves that Another thing, if we're looking at the rosters, you see uh, other guys like Tony Sané, who, ex- who seemed like they were kind of out of the picture for this World Cup. Uh, it seemed like possibly they played in their last World Cup. And another guy like Chris Armas, even, it seemed like he was kind of out of the picture. Uh, for guys like them, it's kind of a second chance to get back in and show that they belong in the, in the squad coming up for the upcoming World Cup. Absolutely, and, and that brings us back again to the point of, you know, it's, it's a competitive tournament. It's players who want to do well and play well. And they're not just going to sit back and say, oh, you know, I, I couldn't be bothered whether we win or not. They're going to go out there and they're going to do everything to win the Gold Cup and, and, and have it, you know, show well for them and, and, and propel them into that, that squad position for, for the World Cup. Um, yeah, so the, the Gold Cup means a lot, a lot to these guys. And, and with the, the groups, you see, um, past years there's been NVTs like. Uh, Brazil and some tough competition this year you see it's South Africa and Colombia uh, Colombia showed that they're a very strong team with their outing against England and South Air- Africa has been doing well but uh, as far as South Africa's squad it seems like a very experimental squad as we said earlier and it seems like the, the main teams in this competition that I, that, that I would say are Mexico, the US 
in Colombia at this point. And, and why did you think um, they invite these teams like uh, Colombia and South Africa into a tournament that's basically the CONCACAF region? Right, I, th- I think the region still needs something else to give it an, an, you know, a, a, another point of excitement. As you say, you've got the U.S. and you've got Mexico. You know, Europe and, is, and South America are blessed with a lot of quality countries. Um, CONCACAF, in that respect, uh, are, are still you know pushing pushing teams up the ranking, but perhaps don't have the or certainly don't have the the depth and quality of nations. So, I think for the fan you know if you say well it's purely going to be North and, and Central American teams they might say well there's some good teams there but you know, I need something else to, to make me come along to games and if you can throw in a, a quality side like Colombia and an exciting and interesting side like South Africa um, it just gives the tournament another edge and I think you, you know as well as anyone soccer in this country needs something more than just putting on a game and if you, if you can bring something else into the mix like guest teams you know they had Brazil last time around it just it just adds to the, the appeal of the tournament um, personally I, I don't think one of those teams will win it I think it will be a, a CONCACAF region team that wins it Again, either US or, Mex- or Mexico or even Costa Rica are the, the favourites, but Colombia will certainly be, be pretty close. Um, as you said, they, they pushed England all the way. They, they refused to go down, even though it looked like England were going to beat them quite convincingly. Um, and South Africa, who knows? I was told South Africa's goalie went missing today and, and hasn't shown up. Um, so that, but you know what? Sometimes you, you go into tournaments or games with... Uh, with a team that doesn't seem prepared and you, and you shock everyone so it'll be interesting to watch those two in action and, and as far as South Africa I was reading somewhere that it said that a lot of their players were invited some of their stars but they turned down the, the teams and turned down the invitation because it conflicted with preseason plans and things like that uh, do, you, do you think a team like South Africa isn't taking the t- tournament seriously enough and, and not, not underestimating some of the competition they're going to be up against I think they're taking it seriously again because you know the coach might look at a player and say ok well you've, you've played your way into the team and this guy here who refused to come you know, is more trouble than he's worth and we're not going to take him um, but I do, you know, you've got to sympathise with the guys who've been through a season and now going into pre-season. It's difficult when one calendar conflicts with another calendar. I think to to be coming over, you know, flying all, all this way to to play games. So I think you know they'll take it seriously when they're here, and, and the, the players when they're here will look at it as a, as a great opportunity for them personally. And, and looking at the groups, it seems like one of the top teams is in each of the groups. Are, are they drawn, seated, or or is it just a random draw, and that's how it ended up? I believe the seeding involved in there um, because I guess you wouldn't want US, Mexico, Colombia and South Africa thrown in the same group um, but yeah you look at the groups they said there's, there's some good parity there you know there's some you might, be able to, you might think you can pick your winners and your, your second place teams in there um, but I do that every World Cup and every European Championship and I always get it wrong so uh, who knows you know maybe, maybe Cuba are going to win this group B and uh, U.S. on even going to advance to the quarterfinals. Who knows? The, the the fans in the in you know in this area are going to have to show up at Gillette Stadium and, and cheer the U.S. on and make sure the U.S. get to the quarterfinals. So so to, to qualify for the Gold Cup is that basically based on World Cup qualifying results or how is that decided? No, they have they have regional qualifying tournaments. So every every country has, has qualified through to this. Um, U.S. are in as hosts, but no teams have, have qualified pre-qualified first. I mean, there were, there were big celebrations in Cuba when their team uh, qualified. I forget. I was talking to someone who was actually out there for that, and they said, you know, the the place just came to a standstill because it was such a, a big achievement for them. And, and some of the teams that. Uh, don't benefit from this are the club teams that are losing a lot of players. Um, they have some on the positive side. They get more guys like a guy like um, James Riley who will see more playing time, and guys like that who who get into the action and get, get more experience. But uh, a team like the Revs who are losing so many players, it, it really hurts them. Uh, and part of that is because they've been doing so well this year and are in first place that some of their teams have gotten the recognition. But uh, what, how do you think a team like that deals with all these call-ups? It's difficult. I mean, Steve Nichol must be pulling his hair out, you know, what, what's left of it. Um, I mean, you're a victim of your own success, and the revolution have done so well. You could even maybe pick another couple of players. You know, Michael Parkhurst, you might say, well, throw him in. It wouldn't do him any harm to be around the mentality of a, of a national team squad. Uh, but I think Bruce Arena obviously realizes, you know, four is more than enough. Um, it's, it's difficult. Again, for me, it's, it's a kind of an alien concept because... 
in Europe they'll start they don't even play the weekend before an international game so not only w- wouldn't there be a, a clash of, of fixtures there just wouldn't be a game for five six days in advance um, but it's the same for everyone you know the Galaxy are losing Landon Donovan so uh, you know that, that that's a big loss for them uh, but the Revs seem to have been doing well you know Clint Dempsey Steve Ralston uh, particularly have missed games uh, this, this season Pat Noonan too um, and they they just keep winning without them so it, it is what it is Every, I think everybody knows the, the score going into the into the season you all know you're going to lose players to call up um, and if you do well you do well and that's what happens and we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap For over 120 years, the Sun Chronicle newspaper has been providing Southern Massachusetts with the best in local news. And now, the Sun Chronicle is available in stores and on racks every day by 6 a.m. But that's not all. When you open your Sun Chronicle, you'll find three new tabloid-sized pull-out sections. There's The Place, written by teenagers for teenagers. The Place will feature interviews with local high schoolers and also contain student art as well as what's hot in music and Hollywood. You can also look for the Sun Chronicles newly designed pull-out sports section. Not only will you continue to get the Sun Chronicles award-winning coverage of local and pro sports, but you, the reader, can sound off in the all-new sports forum. Finally, look out for the Get Out section every Thursday for a helpful way to plan your weekend. Get Out offers theater reviews as well as listings of night spots, restaurants, and movies. Get Out will also provide best bets to help you make the most of your leisure time. The Sun Chronicle newspaper, your very best source for local news. Hi everyone, this is Mike Tortolani of Torts Bar and Grill in Seekonk. Did you know that we were just voted the best after work bar in all of Rhode Island? and the second best sports bar in Rhode Island. Now, the funny thing about that is we're not even in Rhode Island. We're in Seacock, Massachusetts. How's that for an honor? We're open daily, 3 p.m. to 1 a.m., Friday, Saturday, Sunday, noon to 1 a.m. And also, don't forget, it's steamer season. We have the best steamers in the area, guaranteed. I guarantee it. If you don't like them, I'll pay for them. Also, don't forget, Torts has the coldest 35-ounce beers that you can taste. Mm-mm-mm. And if you're a baseball fan, and who isn't these days, come by to Torts and check out the Red Sox on their monster big screen. That's Torts Bar and Grill, 354 River Avenue in Seacon. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Uh, joining me in studio is Michael Preston, the press officer for Gillette Stadium venue during the Gold Cup. Uh, we're trying to get Brad Feldman over the phone now to talk about the Revs, but it sounds like we're having uh, some technical difficulties right now. Um, anyways, the Revs' upcoming game is against the Los Angeles Galaxy uh, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles uh, unbeaten at home, uh, but the Revs are off to a great start this season, only have one loss. and. It's, it, I think it's a game that w- without Landon Donovan for Los Angeles and without uh, Michael Umanyan for Los Angeles, right. uh, even with all the cops the Revs have, I think it's a game that, that they could win. I think they can, and I think the Revs go, are going into every game right now believing they're going to win. I mean, uh, I, I just I think they think they're not invincible, but they're just so confident. Now, why wouldn't they be able to go out to LA and win? They've they've won on the road already this season. Just just keep it going. And it sounds like we got uh, Brad Feldman, the Revolution play-by-play broadcaster, over the phone right now. Brad, can you hear us? I can. How are you, Sean? Mike, what's hey. going on? Good to speak to you, Brad. And, and with the Revs game tomorrow, uh, we talked about earlier, they're going to be missing uh, several players due to call up Avery John, uh, Steve Ralston, Clint Dempsey, uh, Pat Noonan. It sounds like Matt Reese will be back for it. Uh, d- but the Los Angeles has a big call up, and Landon Donovan has really been the star of the team this year. Uh, do you think the, the Revs, that kind of balances out, and do you think the Revs uh, can beat Los Angeles, the team that's been unbeaten on the, at home so far this season? I certainly do. Uh, I, I caught the end of uh, your, your your previous conversation. I agree with what you were, were both saying. Because of the confidence level of this team, because you're likely to see the reintroduction of Taylor Twelman uh, into the lineup, and because there's more depth on this Revolution team really than any uh, prior uh, addition that we've uh, seen, 
uh, with his club, you know, you have the kind of guys who can who can slot in the uh, the James Rileys and Andy Dormans, where you, you, there's no you know discernible drop off in the level of talent. Uh, LA is certainly difficult beat at Home Depot Center. Uh, I believe they're six zero and two this season there, but uh, they're also uh, coming off a winless four game uh, road trip. So I don't think the confidence level is very high, and they've been a very different team without LD um, playing playing for them. So I do think this is a winnable game for the rest. And uh, as you've mentioned, James Riley and Andy Dorman, um, the Reds have missed a few players already. Uh, Steve Rawson's been out a couple of games uh, with call ups. Uh, Pat Noonan as well, and Steve Rawson was out injured and. Taylor Twelman was out, and now he's going to be back for this game. Uh, a lot of players during that stretch got experience, guys like Kano Smith and James Riley got times in the game. Do you think that's a great thing that's going to help the Revs deal with these call-ups? Absolutely, because they've been blooded in real league matches already. I think that they, uh, you know, they, they, there's not going to be that, that trepidation that sometimes comes with, uh, you know, sort of getting getting your feet wet at this level. And I think that, you know, to a greater or lesser extent, all those players we talked about have proven that they belong. Uh, you know, in, in the uh, the scrimmage, the friendly against the Cape Cod Crusaders uh, last Monday, it was very interesting to see. Uh, how well Andy Dorman did. Not that you don't expect him to do well against the Cape Cod Crusaders, but if you think about it, this is a guy who was a sixth round draft choice last year, uh, and who, you know, if you, if you look at Andy Dorman in that situation 15 months ago, I don't think would have had the same swagger, the same confidence that he did against the Crusaders. When you saw him out there, he looked like a seasoned pro who was, you know, several levels above those guys, whereas, you know, some of the, the younger Revolution players, I think, you know, I think the Reds as a group, you know, beat up on the on the Crusaders because of their organization, their fitness, the fact that they train every day as pros. But Andy Dorman looked like a guy who was, you know, really didn't belong in that game. He was too good to be on the field, and, uh, you know, that says a lot about his development in a very short time. And, and Matt Reese, who's been training with the U.S. national team, uh, it sounds like he'll be back for the Revs game. Uh, but but not training with the team and seeing that the team's going to have to make some lineup changes. Uh, do you think that's going to be any, any bit of an issue having him come back after training with the national team and not with the Reds? Well, you know, if, it, if you're talking about three four weeks, maybe. But you know, it feels like he just left a couple of days ago, which he did. You know, he missed what they, they have, the, the Revs. Uh, the the reserves trained on Sunday and Monday of last week. A couple of starters were in, you know, including Taylor to you know get some fitness in that Cape Cod Crusaders game. Then the Reds had Tuesday and Wednesday off, so they've really only trained Thursday, Friday, Saturday without Matt Reese. He's never left. And, and with uh, Twelman, he was just coming off of injury. I've seen several different predicted starting lineups. Uh, some of them said he was going to be in it. Some of them said he, he wasn't. Do you, do you think he's going to be ready and, and be ready to go for that if, game? If I, had to, if I had to guess right now, I'd say yes, but I don't think that determination has been made. I think it's the kind of thing where they'll see where he is, you know, fitness, you know, wise, how he's feeling. I think he, you know he looked very spry, very sharp in training this week. And it's just a question of whether you know they want to risk you know putting him out there for for a full run. The fact that he went 60 minutes uh, last Monday. Uh, without any discernible uh, tweaks, I think is a very good sign and would point towards him starting, if not playing the full 90 minutes. And I was reading on MLS Net, Steve Nichols said, uh, when, when you see Taylor Twelman taking chances and, and doing some crazy things in practice, then you know he's, he's healthy. Um, is that, is that yeah, something? Yeah, that was a good quote. And, and I, guess, I guess they said Twelman, Twelman had a bicycle kick, kick attempt in practice. Is, is that something that uh, is a little bit worrisome seeing him doing that right after an injury, or is that just typical Taylor Twelman? I think what you said, you know, I think that we've come to expect that, that no matter what his condition, he's always going to give 100% plus and uh, stick his head in and, you know, occasionally try an audacious, uh, you know, move or, or maneuver. But, you know, that, like like the coach said, that's Taylor being Taylor, and it's that aggressive streak that, that makes that separates him from the pack. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. You don't want to see him get re-injured, but you know the, the style of play that's led to him being successful up to this point in his career, so I don't think the coaches are going to put the reins on at all. And Marshall Leonard didn't get the start last week. Uh, Cassio did. And uh, was Leonard injured at all that game, or was that strictly a tactical decision? Well, he's been he's been having this sort of... I, I, I'm always loath to try to pr- pronounce the injury that he has, uh, but it, it's essentially a pain in in the sort of groin thigh area that's persistent. I I think I think that uh, you know Casio. It's clear they want to give him another look, and it's clear that whatever he did wasn't enough, you know, to keep him with the team. Uh, so I can't say 
I don't know the answer to your question about Marshall, but I think that, uh, you know, Marshall trained sharply this week and is likely to go back into the starting 11. And Gilberto Flores, who uh, the Revs signed recently, uh, is he is he ready and training with the team? Or is, or is that he has not trained yet, actually, uh, because of the holiday weekend and some paperwork and stuff. That deal has not been actually finalized. Uh, that, that, you know, the, the, the announcement was somewhat premature, but he has joined the team and watched the last couple of days and, you know, is expected to be in the fold next week. So he will be unavailable for uh, the game tomorrow? No, and um, I, I'm not sure that he, w- he would have necessarily traveled yet anyway. Like, I, I think it's inc- it's incorrect to assume that it's a straight, like, replacement for Casio. I think he's going to, you know, a different kind of player, different age player, and, uh, you know, I, he's, you know, I think it, it's... It's not correct to assume that he's just being brought in as an immediate replacement for Casio. I think they would have brought him in whether or not Casio had been waived. And with Felix Briant, who was uh, recently released, uh, was that purely a decision based on uh, wh- wh- who was ahead of him and that the, the, his odds of breaking into the first team and the fact that he was now a senior international? Well, being you know, being around the office now, I'm going to learn there's never any one reason, or there's very rarely any one reason, unless your name's Ryan Suarez. You know, uh, I I think you know Felix was a guy who did some really good work for the team uh, last year when when you know the Reds were just absolutely laid low by injuries. Um, I think that there is a lot of depth at the positions he played. Uh, I think the overall talent level on the 2005 revolution is greater than what you saw with the Revs. If you look back to a year ago where, you know, you know, I think back to that game at Dallas in June of 2004 where they didn't even have three outfield players available as subs. Dow DeConte and Luke Vercoloni were the only guys on the bench besides the backup keeper. And, uh, you know, that, that that was the stretch during which Felix was getting a ton of playing time. And, you know, I think that, the, you know, he, he, he was taking up the senior international Lot. I think he's a guy that you know everybody liked a lot and wishes well, and I think you're going to see him, you know, if not in, in the league, uh, you know, he, you know, he's certainly a guy who can, you know, have a career as a pro. But I think it's a sign of just how good the Revolution are now that, that he's not with this team anymore. And with the two uh, releasing of Cassio and Felix Briant, uh, there's been talk that the Revs have some kind of replacement lined up and possibly someone training with them. Uh, do you know if they actually have anyone in, in training right now that they might be thinking of to fill that senior international spot they have open? Uh, I don't know where those rumors came from. I can tell you definitively to this point, no, that has not happened. Brad, this is Mike. Can, can you uh, confirm the rumor that Paul Mariner is not the uh, senior international who's going to put his boots on again after a lot of years? <laughs> no, but if you saw the touch that he had on the, has on the ball, you, you know, you'd think he could still do it. I, I don't know about the mobility factor, but certainly he hasn't lost uh, that ability to strike a ball or feather it over distance. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> you know, I think he'd laugh if you said that, and then would you know tell you that this, that, you know, that he's he's well past. <laughs> we'll never do something like that. But uh, you know, I, I I don't know what the plans are, guys. To be honest with you, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure the team does either. I don't think there. I think it's fair to say there's no immediate signing on the horizon. Uh, but also people are like, well, are you looking at senior players? The answer to that is, well, yes, because we're, we're always looking, you know. And so, you know, that's just the business. You know, they, they, they get a million, you know, people, and Mike Burns and Sunil Galati are constantly filtering through, you know, potential players and then bringing them, you know, to, to the coaches as, you know, guys who could be part of the team whether or not, you know, there's, you know, a spot immediately open. Now we have now two senior international spots open, but we all, you know, the Reds also have several senior roster spots open. So, you know, the possible, that's why I said, you know, trying to bring in somebody like Gilberto Flores might have happened, you know, no matter what. So, uh, you know, but, but the, the, no, there's no, I haven't seen any unfamiliar faces in, in training this week, so I don't know, I don't know where those rumors came from. And uh, we can hear a lot of noise in the background. Where are you right now? I just got off. The, I just got off the bus. I'm trying to find a quiet place here. There's a bus, that's the bus motor, and I'm. Uh, this is the hotel bar. This is the first time we've been to the DoubleTree here in Carson. We used used to stay at another hotel, so I'm just trying to duck in. Where? Uh, okay, is that better, guys? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we saw 
uh, with the reserve league games, uh, now that's great that they have the reserve teams and it's add a lot of depth. But with some of these call-ups and injuries and any reserve games coming up, uh, uh, we saw a team like San Jose uh, have Alexi Lawless playing, and you saw them actually sign their coaches, Dominic Kinnear, to a weekend contract to possibly play. Is there any possibility of seeing uh, Paul Mariner or Steve Nickel get any action in the reserve matches in the future? Guys, I hate to kill the coaches because I'm very fond of them. And is again, with, like when I answered my question, they both have great touches on the ball. But those games move way too fast for guys in their 40s and 50s. That's the bottom line. But I don't. I, I think that you know what you, what you have seen is. You know, Greg Wallace, the color analyst, come out and play a couple games for the Revs. You've seen uh, Nick Downing return to the fold uh, and play a game the other day against the Crusader, uh, Crusaders. So they leave no stone unturned. But the truth is that the, 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 the rules are such that it's still very difficult sometimes, if you do have a few injuries or call-ups, to, to field a, a, an 11-man team uh, because you can't bring in international players. You can't bring in USL or, a, you know, A-League players, and if somebody's on a good amateur or semi-pro team, they lose their amateur status for 30 days after they sign one of these weekend contracts. So to, to get guys who can play at a level that will make it worthwhile for the full-time pros, it, it's, it's not easy, you know, and you're sort of limited in most cases to, to uh, you know, the people in your region. In fact, Felix Brian, I understand, signed with D.C. for their reserve match this weekend. And with uh, the reserve games, I know you're talking about the issues with injuries and call-ups. Uh, a while back, D.C. actually filed a complaint, I guess, against the Revs for, for playing Jose Cancela for, for the whole 90 minutes, even though he played part of the game before that. Is, is that something that the league is going to ease up on those rules, or, or whatever happened with that? Well, what happened was, in the end, their, their protest was not upheld, and, and, the, and the results stood because what it, it, the... The league went over the game with a fine-tooth comb and actually found out that DC had also played a player for more than the, to- the 90 minutes total. So even though DC, they said, had made an effort to comply, they were not in compliance with the rules. Which I, what you should know, they don't just stem from the MLS Reserve League rules. It's it, uh, it, it's it's the league's effort to comply with the new collective bargaining agreement that so that players don't get overused. That combined in a 36-hour period, you can't play. 90 minutes in more, you know, in a reserve game and a first team game. But I think because there have been so many issues like this, this wasn't the only game where this happened. They're now talking seriously about easing those rules to 100 or 110 minutes combined, if not later this season, at least to start the 2006 reserve league season. And you've been covering the Revs now for uh, about five years, I guess. And yep. does, it, does this seem like this is the best team that the Revs have ever had talent-wise, or, or is it partly uh, that they've just come together better than they have in years past? For me, it's, I, I think the, talent-wise is a better team. I think it's also that they've gotten players. You know, it, it, it takes a while uh, in any soccer league, Sean, for coaches to sort of get rid of the dead wood and get their guys in. And I think now you see that the, the, the Nickel and, and his staff have kept the core group of guys that they, you know, consider sort of their guys who, you know, who are still young enough to be productive um, and, and excel and, and also who buy into their way of playing and have the ability to play the way they want to play. And then they've added parts who suit their system. They wanted to pass the ball. You know, people used to criticize Steve Nickel teams for being these four, sort of 4-4-2 four, four, lumped at long teams. He was just trying to batten down the hatches and get results at a time when, he, you know, he either didn't have the players he wanted or he was, you know, dealing with a lot of injuries. Now you see the Reds are one of the best passing teams in the league on their day, and they play a 3-5-2 system, and it's an attacking, flowing brand of soccer. And, and the, part of the reason for that is they bring in guys like Parkhurst and Riley, you know, and, and Dorman, who, who understand the game tactically and are technically sound enough to play that sort of passing game that, that they want. Now, they, they still have athletic players, you know, like Twelman and Dempsey, you can run by you, but, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, they want guys who can read the game but, and can pass the ball, who are also athletic enough to compete in MLS, which is a big, strong, fast league. Uh, but, you know, like... <laughs> In past years, there have been some very talented players on the team, you know, the Mauricio Wrights and Cates of the world, but, you know, never across the board through the whole squad have you had this level of talent. 
Brad, you, you mentioned as well Andy Dorman, one of the unsung heroes, perhaps of the team, and, and not a name that, that comes off people's lips as being the, you know one of the top Revolution players. But has anyone from the Revolution been on the phone to John Toshak of Wales and said to him, you're, you're selecting players from the lower reaches of the English league, why don't you look at MLS where Andy Dorman's starting to come into his own and, and give him some international recognition? You know, another maybe another Revs player that's going to play international soccer. Uh, I'm not sure what the eligibility rules are. Actually, I'm not like honestly, I'm not sure if Andy could play for Wales or not. He was born in Chester, not in Warden, where his parents live, and neither of his parents are Welsh. So I don't know. Like you know, I mean, like I think that that stone may have been turned over, and they're not sure whether that how that shakes out. Like he grew up in Wales, but he and neither of his parents are Welsh. Okay. And with Pat Newman, I heard rumors before that Ireland were actually seeing if it was possible to get him play for the team. Is that is there any truth to that? Who's that? That uh, I, I think it was the Irish national team actually looked in to see if he he, he was actually had any citizenship or was any eligible there and found that. I think, they, I, think, I think they did look at that and he was immediately capped by Bruce Arena to put an end to that. <laughs> you know, so there. <laughs> I think they did look into it. Yes. And with the games coming up, uh, the triple header, the next home game for the Revs uh, with F- against FC Dallas, one of the, the other top teams in the league. Uh, do you know if? Uh, any of the players such as Steve Rawson or Pat Noonan or Clint Dempsey could see time in the Revs game if they were unused for the U.S. national team? My understanding is that if 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 they're my understanding is that if they do not play the full game, then they theoretically are eligible. They're separate competitions governed by you know separate bodies, and there's no nothing restricting. Cause we saw Demarcus Beasley do it a couple of years ago, right? So yeah. it, it can be done. And I don't think there's anything to preclude them other than fatigue and Bruce Arena's wishes. So, so you think um, with without them training with the team and coming in right after that, and with the short turnaround, do you think they'd be put into the starting lineup or used more as reserves, possibly if they if they didn't see any time? Sean, anything I would say to address that would be speculative on my part. I really, I, I don't, I don't know how. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Sorry, guys, sorry, guys. You still there? I yep. will. Little miss out there, juggling the phone. Oh, can you hear me? Yep. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. We're checking into the hotel right now, so I'm just managing some some stuff. I apologize, but uh, the um, no, I, I really wouldn't know how they would handle it. I think uh, Steve Nichol would be the only person who could answer that. Well, thanks a lot for uh, joining us today, and uh, good luck to the team. Thanks, guys. Uh, look forward to it. Keep up the good work, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, see you, Brad. And uh, we were talking about the upcoming Gold Cup. Um, as we mentioned before, the U.S. plays a game against Costa Rica on July 12th, and and as well as that, can- Canada versus Cuba. Uh, that should be a good matchup coming up July 12th. Uh, what you, coming into that game, do you see that as probably the marquee matchup of, of the group that the U.S. are in with the U.S. versus Costa Rica as possibly the two best teams in that group? I think so, and it could well be a deciding game. I mean, depending on what happens in Seattle when they play on the, the 7th and the 9th, um, you know, that, or the 9th and the 11th, rather, that could be one of those games where Costa Rica or the U.S. has to win or has to get a result. Uh, that's the beauty of group playing in an international tournament. And, you know, people do look at them as being the two strongest teams. Um, so, and of course, U.S. Uh, being home interest and Costa Rica, I understand, you know, has, has some support relatively locally, certainly in the, uh, in the New England area. So it's probably the, mo- the, mo- the more attractive game in that respect. But you know, I wouldn't write off Cuba and, and Canada too quickly. I mean, the Canadians especially, as I said, we've got the, they've got a lot to play for, the young players. Um, and for me, you know, I see that 9 o'clock game as being a great chance to relax in what will hopefully be a nice sort of uh, summer evening, sit back and watch, uh, watch a, a late game, having perhaps gone through the... Uh, the, the slightly more the turmoil of the first game where it might might have been a bit tighter between the U.S. and, and Costa Rica. And, and with Canada, it seems like a lot of their older players have really been uh, stalwarts in their lineup. So guys like Pat Onstad uh, didn't make the call up to the team. Do you think they're sort of planning ahead to possibly the 2010 World Cup and kind of avoiding players that really will be too old to, to play in, at that point? Possibly, but I think in Onstad's case, you know, they they know what he can do. I mean, he's for me, he, he's probably my favorite goalkeeper in MLS. You know, I I think that guy's great. He's great to talk to, to interview after games. You know, sort of very accommodating. But uh, I I think uh, you know Frank Yellup knows what he's got with him, and he's the kind of guy that 
in, in a, on a major tournament such as the World Cup, you'd have him on your roster because he, he is the player he is. Uh, he's dependable. He's you know they, they may have a younger keeper come through. They feel they can start instead. Uh, but Arnstadt for me would, would would always be there. Um, yeah, I mean you, you've got players like Paul Pesky Salido, who I actually know from he played in Birmingham in England, where I'm from. Um, you know players like that. They're an older generation. I think they're they're gone now. You could probably still justify throwing them in a game, but. Every, every team has got to look to the future and I think it makes a lot of sense to get the, the young players in there and uh, you know they've got a lot of players uh, playing up in Canada in, in their league um, that, that are playing and they, what a great experience for them you know to play on, on this stage and play against you know the US against Costa Rica against Cuba um, and, and who knows maybe in the quarterfinals for them as well and some teams such as uh, Jamaica for the for the Revs guys again, they released Tyrone Marshall playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what goes into the decisions to, to do that? Are, are they players that they don't expect to be playing in the first games, or, or, or is that just a decision that they think it would be help to just to help out the teams? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, obviously, I think that the coaches have an idea in their mind of what their first game, you know, the, the first play is going to be. I mean, maybe Bruce Arena's thinking like that. Maybe he's thinking we're going to let Matt Reese play on Monday because you know he doesn't see him starting the the first game. I, I, I don't want to put that decision in Bruce's head, but um, I think it's a common. You know, the coaches understand that the MLS teams can't necessarily afford to be without players, so they release them if they can. Um, you know, maybe he features later in, in, in the tournament, just not in game one, uh, which is which is a nice thing as well. I'm, I'm sure as a player, if, you, if you're if you're sitting around thinking, well, am I going to get on? Am I not going to play? And if you don't play, you might leave the game thinking, well, you know what? I'd rather have been back home with my MLS team. So if they can do that for a player in advance when they know the, he's not going to play in the international game, then. You know, well done to the coach for for doing that. I think. And with the Gold Cup, you mentioned before that the U.S., even though they want to get some players in, that they would definitely like to win this tournament. Um, do you do you see them switching up the lineups a lot throughout the games, or would they like to keep some continuity to win, or is experimentation more likely to happen? Personally, I think Bruce Arena is at the stage with his squad right now where continuity is important. You know, they're an important World Cup qualifying. They're you know less than 12 months away from the World Cup itself, and I think once you start messing with with the core of a team. Um, you lose that balance. And if you think about it, international teams don't get to play that often. You know, the, a, a season, as, as they call it, might only be a dozen games. Um, so I think he'll have a core of six or seven players, and then there'll be four or five fringe players or, or sort of interchangeable players. But I think you'll, you'll find there'll be a core that he'll keep, just because you, you don't want to be throwing on a whole, whole new bunch of players. You look at England when they came over; everyone said, "Ah, oh, it's not a, not a strong England team." But they still kept, you know, the Owens, the Beckhams, the, the, the players that you expected to be there were there, and then there were some fringe players given an opportunity. So I, I think he'll stick with what he knows and then throw in a few experiments. And then if you look at the U.S. squad, you see it, John O'Brien, who hasn't played for the U.S. in a while. Uh, some people call him the U.S.'s most talented player. Um, is, this, is this an opportunity for him to prove that he, that he still belongs in the team? Or do you think his World Cup spot is in doubt due to his injuries and lack of playing time? Or, or is this an important tournament for him? Or is, or is he really kind of guaranteed a spot come up the World Cup time? Uh, I don't know. Guaranteed. I mean, as, as I said, you know, before we mentioned David Platt, you know, he, he took a, a spot of, I guess, someone who thought they were guaranteed. I think what happens with World Cups is the managers or the coaches rather will have of, uh, maybe 17, 18 players they know they're going to take, and then everyone else is, is spotted up for uh, spots are up for grabs. You, know, you could probably scribble down on, on a piece of paper 12, 15 US players you know are a lock for the World Cup. And with O'Brien, you may look at him and say, would, would he be? Wouldn't he be? Um, I just think every player has to be on their guard and, and realise they're playing for their place because 12 months ago, who would have thought Clint Dempsey? Who, John O'Brien wouldn't have, you know, play, players wouldn't look over their shoulders at Clint Dempsey and think, oh, he might take my spot. Whereas now, you know, players in Dempsey's position are thinking, wow, I've got to fight someone who's probably ahead of me now. So over the course of this MLS season, maybe someone could sneak up and, uh, and, t- and take the, the position of, of what you might consider a lock on the squad. And we talked about earlier guys like Tim Howard who aren't seeing the first time playing team for their clubs despite playing on some of the better teams in the world. And you also see a guy like Bobby Convey who's not seeing the, the first team playing time. Do you, do you think uh, that's going to influence Bruce's decision a lot when deciding the World Cup squad and that those players might get overlooked due to the fact that they're not getting first team action with their clubs? I think so. I think, I mean... Those two guys are, are, are featured consistently for Bruce, so I think they're, you know, they've got a fair chance of being in there. But 
I think when you get to a major tournament, you want to be in, in game shape. You know, you've, it's like any sport. If, if you if you're playing regularly, then you know you don't have to step up to to another level altogether. Um, but I've done a lot of work with the NFL, where they send players over to NFL Europe to become better players because they get more playing time. And similarly, I think if you're going into a World Cup, you want players who've had that playing time. Someone who's coming off a season rather than coming off a season in the reserves or you know just just not playing. Uh, I think ideally, when you hit a big tournament like the World Cup, you want players who are at the peak of their game, who've you know just played week in, week out, and uh, th- th- those are the ones you'll go with. But with someone like Bobby Convey, he's versatile, he's dependable, so he probably knows what he's getting with him. He might be happy to, to keep him. Um, Tim Howard, you know, who knows? I guess they'll take three goalkeepers. Keller, I say Matt Reese could could force his way in, and then you know another. Um, but it's hard when when someone like Tim Howard's playing at Manchester United, whether he's playing or not, not to take him because, as you say, you know he's he's one of the biggest clubs in the world. And with with some other players like a guy like Clint Mathis, who's still listed in the player pool, but hasn't really been perfor- performing at the club level and didn't get called up to the Gold Cup and and hasn't been called up a lot recently. Uh, are they going to have a tough time getting into action, even if they start picking up their club level game? A guy like him. I think possibly, but I, th- I think that with all these questions, what, what it's saying is what a great situation the US suddenly is in. I mean, if you go back to the last World Cup, you just, you just didn't have that depth. Now you've got a squad and you've got more. Before, you could probably pick your 22, 23 players who are going to go to the World Cup. Now, what the US has always been lacking for me is that strength in depth. And clearly, just from the fact that you're mentioning players who might miss out, who should be in the squad, um, you know, they're suddenly being pushed by you've got, you've got too many players which is a wonderful situation to be in Clint Mathis who knows maybe maybe he's one of the old ones and it's time to uh, bring in some new new young players yeah it's great as you said in years past the US really hasn't had the depth but with the emergence of Major League Soccer as a great league it's really been the team has a lot more depth now and a lot more options something right. that they haven't had the luxury of having in the past uh, when you've seen them having to pick some amateur players even for the squad even not that long ago Uh, We're going to take another quick break here, and then we'll be back with uh, some more Revolution Recap. Head to the airport for that great getaway. Airport golf, that is. At Airport Golf in North Attleboro, they have more than just the area's best driving range. They have a challenging 18-hole mini-golf course and batting cages that the whole family will love. Swing by the pro shop and take that club that you've had your eye on for a while out to the range for a free demo. You can bring your golf game to the next level at Airport Golf with a variety of lesson packages that will suit you or your whole family. At Airport Golf in North Attleboro, they have putting greens, chipping areas, and sand traps that will hone your skills and help you leave the office far behind. Maybe the office needs a bit of a field trip. Airport Golf wants you to have your next corporate event, birthday party, or sports team outing with them. Annual memberships are also available, so fly away from the stress of the day at the airport. Airport Golf on Route 152 in North Attleboro. Visit them online at airportgolfrange.com. Are you looking for an experience like none other? Then why not try the Dana Barrow Sports Complex? With basketball courts, turf fields, batting cages, physical therapy health connection, velocity sports performance, and the DB Fitness Center, it is your first choice in indoor recreational sports facilities. After the game's over, stop by the Trifacta Sports Bar and Lounge. The Trifacta is a sports lounge social club that will give you a panoramic view of the action on the field or the courts below on either side of the facility. Want to feel like a pro? Play on our two Boston Square parquet floors. If hitting is your thing, then the batting cages run year-round by Red Sox catcher Rich Gedman will be your first choice. Keep your game sharp and always be ready for the season. If soccer or field hockey is your thing, then play on the same turf fields used by professionals. Our fields are perfect for soccer, flag football, lacrosse, and field hockey. We are offering four fields with state-of-the-art surfaces. The Physical Therapy Health Connection has been serving your physical therapy needs for over 20 years. Velocity Sports Performance Training Program teaches you the techniques required to improve speed, strength, power, and agility, flexibility, and endurance. That's the Dana Barrow Sports Complex. 
31 Oxford Road, Mansfield, Massachusetts, or check them out on the web at www.danabarrows.com. That's www.danabarrows.com. Or give them a call today at 508-337-3100. That's 508-337-3100. Dana Barrows Sports Complex, an experience like none other. And why not get a Big Boar Harley? Stop by and see my friend Rick Midori at Big Boar Harley-Davidson and ask him about a new Harley-Davidson for the summer. With all the 2004 models in stock, we're sure to get something that you need. Monday to Wednesday, the hours are 9 to 5. Thursday and Friday, 9 to 7. Saturday till 3. Or go on the internet at www.bigboar.com. The phone number at Big Boar Harley is 508-674-5780. Again, that's Big Boar Harley-Davidson in Westport, Mass, off of Route 6. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm here joined today in studio by Michael Preston, the Gold Cup venue manager for Dujalat Stadium. And, Michael, you've had a long background involvement in soccer and a lot of uh, well, you're not doing this. You have many media jobs, and, and uh, you, you've written for several papers. I was looking at your site. You had uh, several articles printed in papers even over in England. Right. H- how did you get involved, and wh- what are some of the things that you've done to get where you are today? Um, no, I've, been, I've been lucky in doing it. I've, I've got to do a lot of great things. I actually started when I was 13 years old. I um, went to my local soccer team, a semi-pro team, playing in front of two or 300 people. They wanted someone to write um, sort of game, just game recaps for a Sunday newspaper, so I started doing it and just took it on from there. I became a local journalist, uh, a, a, a sort of local small newspaper, and then went onward and upward. And eventually, uh, I moved to the NFL then and worked in public relations for them in London. Um, and then I've written, uh, I've been over here three years now, and, and I, I work as a correspondent for a lot of the U- UK newspapers who don't have a writer in the US. So they'll call me up when there's a story and, and ask me about that. I've been doing a lot about Malcolm Glazer lately um, on, on TV and on, on radio and, and writing. Um, but I've, I've been looking to do a lot of great things. I mean, I've worked at six Super Bowls. I'm actually off to China with the NFL next month. So I've, I've been very fortunate to uh, to do all those kind of things. And the great thing with being here is, you know, Tim Howard went to Manchester United. I was lucky enough to be the, the first reporter from England to talk to him about that. Um, I just went, whenever the English teams come over, I get a phone call from an editor in a sports desk somewhere saying, "Hey, Chelsea are coming over. I want you to go write about them or uh, the Champions World games are being played or the Gold." Cup or the Women's World Cup, so uh, it's a lot of fun. It beats working for a living. <laughs> and, and you see, um, I, I saw you had some pap- some stuff over there um, printed in English papers about uh, Steve Nichol. Uh, is there a lot of interest in uh, players from the UK's involvement over in MLS? There is when you tell them about it. A lot of people uh, in England. Ve- people aren't really very well educated when it comes to MLS on one hand there's an arrogance of like oh they're Americans what do they know about football they call it soccer for starters but then people are starting to realise that MLS is a good league the team's doing well internationally the Bruce Arena's team um, so they don't know a lot about it um, but but what what they do is when they find out about Steve Nichol they'll say oh, I wonder why whatever happened to him and I tell them Paul Mariner's there as well you know those two are huge names in England um, and pe- people become more and more interested the more they feel they've got a link with it you know whether it's Frank Yallop who played at Ipswich Town or Mo Johnson who played uh, over, over in England as well with Celtic and Rangers right um, I think pe- people people definitely take an interest but they know it's a global game and, and I think they love that soccer is is making inroads into America you know, that that the Americans are actually playing it. And and watching it not just at, at kid level but also at a professional level and at a good professional level now as well now, I was actually uh, came across a few articles uh, about guys like uh, Sol Campbell who says he wants to come over and play in MLS before his career over and you know of course everyone knows about Beckham David Beckham said he probably wants to come over here and play before his career over do you think that's something that's good for the league or something that maybe isn't so good to get more of a name as a retirement league something like that yeah I think the league can't become a retirement league I mean I, I was up in the air last year about Steve Howie signing with the Rebs you know I thought if he was good and on his game he'd be a useful addition to them just with his experience alone but it can't be a league where players say well you know I'm done with the Premier League I probably can't play in the Championship hey I'll go over to America it's, it's an easy ride you need players who are maybe 
maybe are coming towards the end of the career but still have something to give I mean I, I heard stories that Steve McManaman might have come over here uh, but he's on something ridiculous like $100,000 a week so you know that, that's that's slightly outside the MLS salary restrictions um, that, that could be the, the sticking point is players will still want to make money you know, as naturally you'd expect them to so it's difficult when the wages aren't there um, but but I, I think I think you'll get some players, but it, it needs to be the right player. I prefer seeing an Andy Dorman, you know, a guy who comes over here to go to college, doing it that way. Um, but maybe Emily, you know, MLS and, and Darcy would would benefit from a David Beckham coming over to play. You know, even if it's like when Pele came and played for the Cosmos, you know, he'd perhaps be too old really, but he'll still be a great name and he'll still be able to play because he's he's a quality player and he, and he always will be. You know, he'll always be able to throw those cleats on and do something for someone. Well, y- you see some guys coming over here and doing well, like a guy like Yori Jorkioff for the Metro right. Stars, who's yeah. playing well. Then you also see in the past for the Metro Stars, a guy like Lothar Mateus who came over here and, and really seemed like he didn't take it seriously enough and, and uh, kind of got blown away by some of the Fords yeah. over here. Uh, what do you think the league needs to do to avoid paying money to get some of these big names over here and then finding that they don't take the league a- as seriously as they, as they need to? I guess it's a case of you know people from MLS or the coaches sitting down with a player and just hammering it home to them to someone like a Mateo say I really didn't like it when he came over you know saying to someone like that this isn't a retirement league you know you've, you've got to put something in Jorkaev seems to have the, the the right attitude John Spencer was another great guy who came over who played at Chelsea and, and QPR and a few clubs so long as the players know. And I think the, the the more that the U.S. plays in the World Cup and the better they do in the World Cup, people will be looking at these guys saying, well, if they're playing for the U.S. and getting to the quarterfinals of the World Cup and they're playing in MLS, it's got to be a good standard. So, you know, they, as long as players are well-educated and they're told what they're getting into, then it'll be, it'll, it'll be good for them, for them to come over. Um, but, you know, they've got to avoid high-priced superstars like Mateus who, who aren't going to come over here for, for the right reasons. And with, with teams like Chivas who are, have interest in buying and t- teams over here and building their brand like Chivas USA, uh, you heard Malcolm Glazer say he was interested in possibly build, having an MLS team in the name of Manchester United, and then there were even rumors before that that Chelsea was possibly interested in buying San Jose. Do you think that's something that, that's good for the league, or is it bad to sort of have uh, building on other teams' identities? Right. No, I, I, th- I think it's a necessary. I mean, you, you need something in this country... To, to do more than just, just put a team in a city and give it the city's name and I think Chivas is a great example and I know some people from, from talking to Doug Quinn and Don Garber at MLS that they like that model they like the idea of a foreign investor coming in and bringing that brand I mean it's like Real Madrid or Barcelona or like say Chelsea or Arsenal Liverpool it would be great to have their American sort of branch playing over here you know it wouldn't be a reserve team that's playing over here it would be a regular MLS team like Chivas is and, and I think it's good because it gives you a natural focus it gives you not not only good publicity from that team's name here but also overseas as well you know it, it spreads the word of the league the reason Malcolm Glazer's bought Manchester United is he sees the worldwide appeal of that team and I think if the MLS teams can get some kind of worldwide appeal no matter how small then that, that's a great thing as well. And if you had Manchester United playing in MLS, that'd be phenomenal. And we got just a, a few minutes left here. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us about how, how you can get tickets to the Gold Cup and of course, and yeah. uh, people interested why they would want to come out and and come to Gillette Stadium to see these games? Right. Well, quite simply, call one eight seven seven Get Revs, which I'm sure is a number you've heard before. Uh, the way you, same way you get Revolution tickets, or you can get them on Ticketmaster.com. So uh, people can get get tickets that way. I, th- I believe they're priced between twenty two and forty dollars. Um, well, why would people come out? The same reason my kids are going to go. You know, it's. Uh, it's the vacation time. These kids have got way too much time on their hands. Take the kids down to Gillette Stadium, show them two, four, five great quality games of soccer. Um, you know, sit out there on a nice summer evening from from seven o'clock until late and watch the U.S. play. Not not only the fact that it's soccer games, it's the U.S. playing. Um, if you're American, one, one thing I noticed when they've played uh, El Salvador here before. Um, when they played the Gold Cup last time they're outnumbered sometimes by the visiting fans it'd be great to see a huge US contingent down there, you know, Sam's army cheering on the US so uh, it's, it's soccer at its finest so that, I think that's, a, that's the selling point that's the reason should be, people should be going down there and I know you've got a couple of websites uh, with some of your articles on there, like mpressandsports.com and what, what are some of the websites where people can find some of the work you've done? Uh, I, I write for the Guardian in the UK, so there's uh, it's Guardian.co.uk. Um, if you do actually, actually, if you do a search on my name, that's no good because you get a, a writer for the Baltimore Sun of the same name. Uh, I've done some writing for NFL.com. Um, various news. It tends to be a lot of English newspapers. Um, 
yeah, hey, do, do a search on Michael Preston and see what comes up. So, uh, but as you say, my, my website, which is mprestonsports.com, has uh, links to everything I do there. We've got to wrap things up here. The, the Revs game is in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. It can be seen live on Fox Sports New England. Um, the, show, the show is on every Sunday, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, archives are available at revolutionrecap.com, and you can get the latest Rev news at anyrevs.com. Um, before I go, I'd like to thank Eric Manzelli for running the board today and tune into his show later tonight at 10 p.m. Uh, uh, Red Sox Rewind. Thanks for joining us today. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.amic slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.